Amen. Glory to God. Good to see you uh, this morning. Amen. Going to have a, a great day in the Lord. Uh, amen. So appreciate uh, being here this morning. We're going to uh, this morning continue our series. Pastor uh, Campbell has been moving through uh, kind of a, a few different things. The core, uh, talking about who we are uh, as a church, as a fellowship, uh, core uh, beliefs, core convictions. Amen. I think he's even talked about moving over into standards. But uh, last week, uh, he kind of uh, left off. We were talking about convictions. And uh, he was talking about having convictions, living your life uh, by convictions. And I think we kind of left off kind of talking about what convictions are. What is a conviction? Let's, let's try to uh, it is stirred again. What is a conviction? We're using that term, uh, Billy. A strong, immovable belief that doesn't change uh, based on circumstances and people's opinions. Okay. Strong, he says, a strong belief that doesn't change based off circumstances and other people's opinions. What else? Who else? Is it, uh, what, what, uh, you know, what changes, what makes a uh, conviction any different than an opinion? He used the word opinion there. Other people have opinions. So what makes a conviction a conviction? Uh, what makes it, what, what, what differs from, you know, I, this, is, this is my opinion. Uh, maybe uh, Richard and then Elias. And then I think I saw John, your hand. Say what? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Yeah, well, I was going to say uh, conviction, I would say it's different because we go off like the word of God instead of it's just, just some opinion. We go off the word of God off of what God says, the Bible, you know, and not just our own ideas. Okay, okay. So the word of God, the voice of God, you mentioned what God says uh, 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 helps establish convictions. Elias? Uh, I was going to just piggyback off what uh, Isaac said, yeah, I think a conviction would be, um, you know that it's right. You've been through something. You've been through some things. And maybe you've learned from a lesson, and then uh, it, it becomes a stronger conviction. Like, no, we don't do that. Okay. I don't say that. I don't do things like that uh, because of what I believe, because of God. So it's, even though you have uh, an opinion of a fact, but still the Bible, I mean, I have convictions based on what I've been through. Okay. And based on decisions I've made, I now realize whether they were good or bad. Uh, and it enables me to, to, to talk to people more at work and be confident and to tear down uh, what they're trying to put on me. I can, uh, can kind of tear it down right. with, with that opinion, a strong conviction based on the word of God. Okay. So, so you're saying experience, past experience. Sometimes, uh, good or bad, sometimes we've had a bad experience concerning uh, an opinion, per se. We've had an opinion, but that opinion uh, that we had through the process of living life and living out that opinion uh, has now given us a conviction concerning uh, that opinion. I have, uh, 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 for years, I've had a conviction uh, never to be alone with the opposite sex. That's always been a since, almost since I've gotten saved. When Stacia and I were dating and we uh, split up and 
uh, were never alone. That became a conviction. Now, through the process of pastoring, it's become more of a conviction because my experience has taught me and shown me uh, over and over again uh, that when you put a man and a woman together for uh, long periods of time alone, bad things happen. Right? And so the experience uh, of, uh, of having played out maybe an opinion or a weak, perhaps, conviction has now strengthened a conviction because of uh, the fallout, if you will, or what comes from that decision. Yeah, did I see uh, John? Or, okay. Yeah, it's something you paid a price for. It's something that you won't, you'll stand for, and it's something that's not for sale at any price. Okay. So that's how I look at it. It's not for sale. Uh, it's not, you know, I, I preached a sermon a while back called Being Swayed because uh, popular opinion, like you said, uh, uh, people can't move. It's not for sale. You know, the old adage, if you have a price, then hell will pay it. Okay, that's no uh, greater place, perhaps, than convictions. If hell knows that, you know, uh, you know, you have a price or there's a price tag on a conviction, if you will, or an opinion, then he'll pay that. And he'll cause you to try to compromise uh, convictions. And so he says it's not for sale. It's deeply held. Uh, the, the challenge, however, is as you live for God, the challenge is holding to your convictions. Anybody who lived for God for a couple years? The challenge is not having them. The challenge is keeping them. Because, uh, you know, the human personality, as we uh, go down the road, we have, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of forget what brought us this far. We kind of just begin to drift, if you will. It's a natural phenomenon. It's not wicked many times, not evil. It's not intentional. Uh, but what happens is our convictions many times, and uh, you've been saved a while, you can probably attest to this, your convictions at one point, very high. But over time, sometimes, again, experience changes those convictions, sometimes for the good, but sometimes not so good. Uh, sometimes the, the makeup of our family, when you begin to have children, uh, one of the things you may have a conviction, but now if you see your conviction playing out on other people, that are close to you, dear to you, that can sometimes cause you and I uh, to sway a little bit or to minimize our convictions. Um, I want to let me give out a few scriptures in Galatians chapter one, uh, verse six through ten. Somebody can grab that. Okay, uh, <coughs> if you want, uh, Nick, if you want to grab uh, Isaac, uh, you can grab that one. Nick, if you want to grab. Oh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And maybe uh, somebody wants to grab uh, Galatians 3, 1. Bill, I think I saw your hand first. So let's, let's, let's move into this a little bit. Okay, uh, Isaac, Galatians 1, 6 through 10. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. 
But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we preach and oh, what we have preached to you, let him be accursed as we have said before. So now I say again, if any preaches another gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men... I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Okay, um, now this is Apostle Paul. And he's talking to the Galatians. But what's interesting is Paul, he's talking kind of hard to the Galatians. Oh, you know, one, it's old foolish Galatians. And what's interesting is it's not somebody just outside looking in. This is Paul who, had, who founded the church. Paul had great relationship with the Galatians, with these who we are talking to in the church. And so he obviously felt a liberty to call them out. And what he's saying is, he said, look, who uh, bewitch you, or I think in one uh, verse he's going to say, who uh, uh, beguiled you, who tricked you? He said, so quickly. And Paul's astonished in his writing. He says, I marvel. I marvel that so quickly you've been able to turn away from what you believed or what you held as a conviction. And, you know, and the whole thought, he's talking to a group of people. It's not just one individual. And the thought here is that they have now played on each other. And uh, this is how a lot of people lose their convictions. Because other people don't have the same convictions. And so it's sometimes hard to live in an environment where you have a conviction, but perhaps your neighbor or even sometimes the people sitting next, they don't have the same conviction. And I think, uh, I think it was Netta last week who mentioned that uh, uh, sometimes God gives you conviction. These are personal. And it's hard for the human personality to digest. Wait a second, God. They can do that, but I can't. Right? This makes it hard because, uh, you know, but uh, we all know that we all have a different walk. Uh, because, again, we're not talking right now about standards. And pastors talked about moving into those. Maybe I'll, I'll move in. We're talking about convictions. And as Isaac started off this, which is so very critical, he said convictions come from God. Your convictions must come from God. They can be influenced by other people, even by preaching, even by people of God. But at the end of the day, if you're going to hold your conviction. You have to have a confidence this is from God. It's what God wants me to do. This is what God has set me apart to do. And sometimes, even as Samson, Nazarite vow, listen, uh, everybody didn't have the Nazarite vow. But Samson did. And it meant something according to his life. And this is what's really important. It meant something in terms of the destiny God had planned for him. Many times we just, we don't, we, we remove that from the picture that God gives us convictions, not just so we're at a higher standard of Lord, but because of where he's trying to take us. Knows where he wants to take us, what he has planned for your life. And so he'll give you convictions. These convictions are, you know, uh, it's what sets your character. It's what determines uh, your character. There's people who have convictions about marriage. There's a certain, you know, some people, they say, I don't care what I go through, I'm never getting a divorce. It's conviction. 
right? And so you, this is why you see people who can go through all kind of stuff, marital. But you even mention them leaving to their spouse, and they're like, I ain't going nowhere. Other people can go through, and they're like, I'm out of here. Done with you. Right? Not here, just people. <laughs> Some people have a conviction about reading the word of God. I know people who, uh, you know, they don't go days without reading the Bible. I'm not trying to toot my wife's harm, but she's one of them. I watch her daily read her Bible. And I know that this not just, oh, this, no, somewhere that's become a conviction. Somewhere that's become, uh, you know, it's settled. That's what it can be, it's settled. In other words, that word, another word we use is the word convinced. I'm convinced of this. This is why in a court of law, when you're convicted, what the judge and, uh, the, uh, you know, the jury is saying is we have come to a place where we are convinced. We've heard all the evidence. We've weighed some of this evidence against that. We've heard opinions. We've heard dialogue. We've seen, you know, all the crime scene. And now we've come to a place where we're convinced. And out of being convinced, we're willing to move with a conviction. That's, that's, the, that's the, the picture. And so uh, there's people who, you know, uh, they have a, a convictions about fellowship and who, they, who their friends are. You know, uh, some people, their friends are just whoever they work with. That's my friend. But for some people, that's not the case. Convictions. Uh, I think, Nick, I gave you scripture. Let's read. Daniel 7, you said? Uh, Daniel 7, 5, I believe. 7, 25, yes. <coughs> and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and law, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and times, and the dividing of time. Okay, so he's talking about, obviously, Satan, and he's, 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 he's saying that one of his aims is to speak words either into your soul uh, either sometimes this is other people, uh, minister before, Satan will no doubt use people, as God wants to use people, use people. But his aim is to speak words because words are so, so powerful. It, it's amazing you can have something said and somebody just speaks something contrary. And maybe you don't move completely from that, but now you begin to question what you first held so firm. It's not totally that you just move away from a conviction. But the word spoken, uh, this is, or, or uh, somebody you're familiar with. Again, uh, this, this is one of the issues with the whole uh, homosexual movement is that uh, people begin, you know, this was something, yeah, it's wrong, it's wrong, the church would stand, say it's wrong. Uh, this was a conviction that the church held for many, many years. But the issue, I believe, is what happened is this started to hit close to home. Now somebody's got a cousin that's a homosexual. They got a son or daughter. And what happens now, 
Now, all of a sudden, now, it's not that necessarily, and I've watched this happen in my family. It's not so much that we believe that that's right now, but we need to take another look. We need to reexamine this and, and, and maybe not be so critical or judgmental. And now what's happening, though, is the word of God now is, is moving secondary to relationship. Relationship now is dictating the conviction. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, Satan's going to come and speak words against the Most High. And listen to what he says. Very critical because he says what's going to happen is it begins to wear down the saints. You ever held something for so long you're just tired of holding it? Anybody who has ever, you know, lifted weights or held a weight, you just hold it up. And you're like, man, I'm going to hold this thing. Somebody say, hey, can you give me a hand? I need you to help me lift it. And you'll hold that thing. And they say, look, you cannot let this thing drop. And so you're, you got to convince, hey, I'm not going to let it drop. But after a while, it just gets heavier and heavier. And the reality of it is the weight hasn't changed. 35 pounds is 35 pounds. But at the same time, you hold something for long enough it begins to wear you out. It begins to wear you down. And this is how I think good people begin to move away from convictions. It's not, no, I don't believe. It's just, listen, sometimes we get tired of holding the weight. Speaking to parents this morning, and this happens with our children. You know, uh, you just get tired of holding the line. It's not that you think the line is necessarily should be changed. You just get tired. I, uh, one of the things I uh, learned perhaps, you know, too early and wrongly is that I learned that if I broke curfew enough, the curfew would go away or it'd get extended. If I just broke, because my mom would, you know, she'd whoop me, she'd spank, she'd do all the things. But then if I just kept breaking it, in her mind, this isn't working. So you just throw up your hands and say, well, he's going to do what he's going to do anyways. You know, sometimes we get there as Christians. We say, well, they're just going to do what they do anyways. Galatians 3.1. Bill. O foolish Galatians, who hast thou bewitched you, that ye shall not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been (laughs) evidently set forth. Crucified among you. Okay, now, again, Paul is speaking, and, and, I, and I mentioned this a little earlier, but he's saying, you saw this with your own eyes. You saw this with your own eyes. He's, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly crucified. And now he's saying, now you're moving away from Christ, his death, his resurrection, all these things. And, and this happens, folks. This is how people backslide. Okay? You have people who know beyond a shadow of a doubt they had an encounter with God. He changed them radically. Uh, they give testimonies. To, I used to, he delivered them. And then months, years later, I said, no, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. It's like, but you're the one he changed. People deny their own testimony. This is what he's saying. He said, you saw with your own eyes. I've seen somebody in a courtroom, man, and it's like 
they know what they saw. Remember I, when I preached that sermon on Sway, what they would do, they'd have these uh, um, test groups, if you will, and they would, they would all, they, they'd show these people, you know, uh, line A, line B, line C, and line A was clearly longer. It's the longest line. They'd put them in a room, and they'd ask them, which, which line is longer? Oh, line A, line A, line everybody, 100%. Then they'd do, do the same uh, focus group, and they'd put in one what they call the dissenter. And that dissenter was simply put there in that room to give an opposing or contrarian view. And all of a sudden, and they told them, nobody's going to shout out their answer. Everybody's going to write it down. But the dissenter, what they had him do is go into that room and they say, which lines along? He shout out B. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. And, you know, and this is all, of course, uh, planned and everything. But he just act like he just ab- accidentally blurted this. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sir, just write it on your paper. Don't say anything out loud. But now what they noticed is when people begin to put their answer, it was like 50 or 60 percent would say A. And the remainder of them would say B. Even though they clearly knew this was longer, A was, but now just this one opposing view, and now all the questions begin to arise. That happens in people's walk with God. Your family? Well, I don't think you got to. Well, I don't. Who says? And before long, if, if it's not a conviction... If you haven't set this thing, I don't care what anybody, I've seen it with my own eyes, I've experienced it in my own, I know who Jesus is, I know what he's done in my, my home, listen, I understand he's delivered me, I don't care what anybody says, I have a conviction. Think Junior and then Brad back there. Uh, Pastor, I think a lot of times, um, uh, just being Christians, I know Pastor Kim always mentioned this, but the key is longevity. Um, you know, the, the people, the older saints that we see that have been here, um, you know, for years, um, they've been here fighting the good fight. Uh, the, the key behind it all is, is longevity. And a lot of times, um, just being, um, new converts and things like this, you see God move in your life. Uh, he breaks, uh, bondages of sin. You're not addictions, uh, you know, music. Uh, I remember uh, when I first got saved, I broke, um, CDs and all this type of stuff. And then, um, you know, years go, go, go down the road. And as Christians, sometimes we get caught up and we think, um, you know, we're veterans or we're, we've been saved for this amount of time. So we could do these things now. Um, or we, we feel like our spirituality has come to a point, uh, where we could, you know, let some of our, our past convictions as new converts go. And I think that's uh, a lot of times the reason where we get caught down the road. Yeah, and, and that is, again, the, uh, the challenge in anything in life is finishing better than you started. That's the challenge in anything in life, whether you start a business, whether we're talking about a marriage, whether we're talking about your walk with Christ. Uh, the challenge, of, because again, if you just leave things to themselves, you leave your own life, your walk with God, your marriage, your, your career, whatever, if you just leave it to itself, naturally, it's going to decline. Naturally. I am just hit 40. Everything about me is declining. And so it's natural, right? And so the issue is to be able not just to finish, and I thank God for fi- but to finish strong. Dare say finish stronger 
than perhaps she even started. And I, again, you know, we bring it, bring them up all the time when we talk about this, but Pastor Mitchell, it's amazing. It's not just, I mean, it's not a small feat, guys. I mean, I don't think people, t- but you're talking about mid-80s. Most people have long hung it up, put the sandals on. Ryan, where you at? Be back there, okay. Tease him about his, I call them flip-flops, but he told me in Hawaii they're sandals, so I can't call them flip-flops. Uh, you know, and just cruise control, man. Hey, God, I, but, but, but this is, you know, I have finished the race. I have finished the race. Jesus said it is finished. And this is very, very uh, a thing you battle as we're talking about convictions. Uh, you know, uh, the, the battle is, and it is a battle. I, you know, I've been saved, for, but I've been saved for 13 years, and I'm telling you, uh, I've seen this in my own heart, in my own life, where I had to say, look, if I'm going to keep this conviction, right here I'm going to have to stand. Right here I'm going to have to fight for it, because everything that's in me is saying, this ain't that big a deal. But who knows? Brad. So, uh, one of the things that I thank God for is our church and our our preaching, um, the truth that comes across the platform, because um, we can just tell just in the media, and when, you know, the tragedy happened in Orlando, it was a tragedy, but then there was, you know, one person, the news goes out, and they talk to somebody, and they actually got somebody who actually said, you know, this is a terrible thing, and it's not like homosexuality is a sin. It was set on the radio, it was broadcasted, it was told to all of America that, Homosexuality is not a sin. Well, I'm sorry, but my Bible tells me something different. Yeah. Now, this, the act of it is the person still can get saved. They can still go to heaven. But the problem is, is if, you, if you don't have preaching that brings the truth to you and you have conviction, then lives won't change. And that's yeah. what I thank God for in this church and our fellowship is, is that we won't waver from what the Bible says. Yeah. Even though, you know, like you're talking about public opinion says, hey, Everything's changing. Everything's moving. We're, it's a fluid society. Well, yeah. my Bible's not a piece of water. It's a it's a book. It has truth in it. Yes. And that's what you know. We have to hold fast to is what does that book say, not what general public says. Yeah. And see what happens is, and the media is not they're, 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 they're smarter than we give them credit for. I can guarantee you, they interviewed a lot of people, but the one they put on there, because they put once that word is out there, homosexuality is not a sin. You know, there's people who don't read their Bible, and they hear that, and then they go to work with you, and then they're telling you, hey, homosexual is not a sin, and they're looking at you as though this is fact. They're talking to you like this is fact, and, you know, and they're, you know, they're convinced. You know, we're talking about, they got a conviction, not a sin. I don't believe it's a sin. This is, how do I know? Because this is how I was before I got saved. I used to tell people, I don't think God's like that. I don't think God would do that. Well, why do you think? Well, just and I and you know, I could argue with you, and debate you, and I hadn't put picked up a Bible in 15 years. You know that's scary. But people do it all the time. They argue with you as though, uh, and they have these strong beliefs, if you will, have no clue where they come from. It's interesting uh, as we speak of that Orlando thing. How they, uh, I mean, they won't make this a terrorist situation. I mean. They're just making it like they've used it for a coming out party for homosexuality. 
and the, the guy was gay. I don't think this is a gay thing. He was gay. It's a terrorist thing. And so, but, but see, again, if we can sway the media, then we can sway people to now, now this is going to move into a whole, you know, a, a hate crime thing versus a terrorist act. Even though it's plain as day, they don't want, and it's so interesting to me, the, the narrative that's coming out of this. And I don't want to stay here, but, but well, my point is, it's to shift people. We don't just end up places. Okay, we make decisions. We make those decisions based off information that we have. This is why as Christians, our source, I believe it's Isaac said or someone said, is the word of God. Because the moment it begins to shift from that, then you see what we're living in is more relativism where everybody's opinion is of equal value. And there's no truth at all because we are truth to our, unto ourselves. And it's all this chaos that we're living in. And it's simply because, and the Bible says at the end of the day, it's going to be because God's people won't stand. Uh, that's, that's the, uh, sometimes the scary part is God says judgment's got to start in the house of God because the people God counted on to know and to make stands have been influenced by the world we live in. This is why it says be in the world, but make sure that the challenges, convictions keep us from becoming of the world. Okay. Anybody else? Thoughts? Questions? Convictions you may have? Uh, Cassie and then Sayri. <laughs> I was just going to, I like talking about all this because um, more in my, in my recent years of salvation, I had a season where I let go of God's word for too long. And, and like you're saying about different, like your wife. And um, I think it is so important that we read our Bible. Like, I think it should be like a standard almost because we can't understand everything that's being said, even from you. And we can take it as information, but if we're not applying God's word personally to our lives on a daily basis, then I think it's hard for convictions to actually take place um, because then all you have to go off of is your own decisions, your own experiences, and I think you can easily start backsliding or just get tossed to and fro like the Bible says because of all you're living off of is what media and, and what you hear from people and, and what you're going through and your mistakes you're making and this and that and then you can end up drowning and not knowing up from down anymore. I was just reading, going through a book the other day. It was by a man who wrote, it's called Shortcuts to God and I started reading it and I can, I know for a fact that a few, maybe three, four years ago I would have read it and been like, oh this is kind of good, it's kind of interesting, it's got some good stuff but because I've been reading my word more and more and making it more of a conviction that I need to do this daily, after I read it and I washed it out of my head, it was like kind of vexing because I was like, no, this man's living off of his own personal experiences and things that he was taught growing up and what he's decided to do now. And it had all kinds of stuff in there about, you know, God and, and love and all kinds of truths, but there was no scriptures in the book. The man was going off of his own what he's decided to be a good person now, and he believes in God, but you can have all these paths to God, and it's not through Jesus. There's no Jesus talked about. There's no scriptures. Or no, and so I just, I was reading this, and I was so thankful that I know what reading your word does for you and experience and, and, and things that you go through and how it saves you and it keeps you, and it can 
shield you from everything that gets put in front of you, whether it's from family, media, other books, your uh, own experiences. God's word is so true, and it, and it, and it like ingrains in your soul to give you a protection that you yeah. need. Yeah, Jesus said that man shall not live <laughs> on bread alone, right? But he said that when he was starving. He said that when he was hungry and had been fasting for 40 days. And, you know, so my point is, his need had a voice. His circumstances had a voice. And no doubt, I don't think these voices were, uh, you know, quiet, so to speak, or timid. They're crying out. They're, they're crying out in justification. I mean, Satan's offering him something that he needs. And this, again, is what, and this is why you're talking about, Cassie, the word of God. He said, but by every word, he said, man, show only by, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And because he understood, listen, man, if you have a need, I talk to people time to time, good people, again, Christians, uh, uh, who are battling with the idea of tithing. And nine times out of ten, it's not that they don't believe in tithing. It's not that they don't think it's true. It's not that they don't want to tithe, if I could use that phrase, but they have a need. They have a financial need over here. Pastor, this light bill, or you name the need. That's what Jesus is talking about. See, if you don't have a conviction that the 10% doesn't belong to you, I mean, it's not yours. It's not ours. That's a conviction that says, listen, I can't take somebody else's money and pay my bills. Essentially, it's a conviction. But the need and the circumstance so easily can move us away from what we believe. Savory, I think. I hope this still applies to what you were talking about before, but you were talking about the media and how they'll blurt things out mm -hmm. and then it becomes the acceptance of, the, of the, whoever listens. Um, a long time ago, I had gone to a class, and it was all about desensitization. That's the big word. And how, um, like in media, I was talking to Relina about this, about TV. Years ago, when I was a kid, um, Ricky and Lucy, you'd never seen them in their bedroom together. And then mm -hmm. they went from yeah. that to, um, you know, then you see them in their bedroom, and then you see them in the bedroom with somebody else, and then you know, nonsense. Desensitization, America never cried foul. You know, they never stopped it. And then... Um, the other thing, see, it's been so long. Um, and then you're talking about the thing that happened or in Orlando. It mm -hmm. isn't a gay thing. It is terrorism. Yeah. And now that they've blurted that out, then it's like, okay, people are going to accept that, that it really is a gay thing. Mm -hmm. It's not terrorism. So I believe, a pastor a long time ago preached a sermon, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have convictions in your life. Yes, yes. And, you know, um, this whole bathroom thing. I mean, when did it become debatable that a girl's bathroom is for a girl? I mean, this is, this is not even, this is common sense conviction. You know, common sense will give you some convictions. <laughs> it, doesn't need, it doesn't even need the word of God. It's like, wait a second. Uh, you know, but again, uh, this sensitive, you, you, you put another 10 years to this, right? And, and, and it's not far-fetched to believe that people that name the name of Jesus will rationalize this to some way or another. I, I, I'm a, Alec, you told me something yesterday, I, if you would share it with us. I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's very interesting. And I didn't even know I was talking about this today. 
So last week, um, the judges go on their conference, and um, those who are their like assistants, we have our own one-day conference that we go to. And this year's theme, we were told in advance that it was going to be on being human, treating other people with dignity and respect. And that's all it told us. And you know, on the outside, it's like, okay, yeah, we serve the public. That's something we need to know. Well, come to find out, the first, it's, an eight hour, it's about an eight-hour class. The first four hours were just dedicated to the LGBT, the whole four hours. The rest of the hours were just on people with disability and um, gang violence. So it was almost like they wanted that first and gave it the most time. And then in addition to that, they offered free food too. <laughs> so it, it was, and come to find out, the person who pushed hard for it, she's a hardcore lesbian. And so um, it, 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 was, it was crazy because I found out about it and um, I've actually, I found out about it on accident. I wasn't supposed to find out. I just somehow ended up finding out. And I told the, the trainers, I don't believe this. This is wrong. And they said, well, that's your opinion. And then I said, well, that's his opinion that it's okay. So why does he get to share his opinion and I don't get to share mine? The teacher is actually was a, a transgender man. And he was going to tell his story on, on how he used to have a family. He used to have kids. And um, now he's transgender. Now he's happy and that there's people out there that they really desire to be the opposite sex, and we shouldn't judge them. And they even brought up the, um, they even try to bring up the Las Vegas rule, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So treat it like that, you know, don't ask, don't tell all this stuff. But, well, I found out later that's what they taught because I made a decision that I wasn't going to go. And then as I was talking to the other judicial assistants, a couple of them actually walked out, so that's good. And then the other one said we would have walked out, but we don't know what to do. So, but it's crazy that they're pushing this at the courts because, irrelevant, it's irrelevant to the court system. It's really not relevant, but they want people to accept it. They want people to say it's okay when it's not okay. Amen. Um, I got a, a text yesterday from uh, Keith Walker. Many of you guys know he pastors him and his wife uh, down in Florida. And uh, he sent Pastor Campbell and I this text. And what happened is at their local college there, they had put up uh, I don't know what the name of it is, maybe a pride flag or LGBT a flag. And so him and Amanda, they uh, contacted uh, the school, the department uh, you know, of education. And when they did, it's very interesting, they were forced to take the flag down. And I just thought about, here's just one Christian saying, you know what, I'm not just going to sit and come together and argue about it. I'm just going to do something about it. Because that's what the movement on the other side does. They're active. They're, they're, they, and somewhere, belief, convictions mean nothing unless they're put in action. Right? This is what, this is what Alec is saying. He's saying, listen, I, I went to the, uh, you know, the department head or whatever the case may be, and I, and I said, hey, I'm not okay with this. I, I, I don't want to be there. And... They didn't make him be there. It's not always they're going to reverse their course. I'm not saying we know that. But I just thought in the last couple of days, thank God, thank God for men and women who will say, you know what? No. 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 And we have testimonies in this place. And I've heard over the years, kids at school, various things. But my point is, because Alec, when he walked out of the office, he said, Pastor, it's interesting because now it hit home. 
These are all great theories until it knocks at your door. And I have been in London a few times. You know, if we want to just learn, all we got to do is look at England. England's a Muslim nation. They have Muslims in the parliament. They have, um, uh, you know, they just, uh, London, just their first mayor now is a Muslim. That's, that's never, you know, but, uh, and, and they've watched this. And you want to talk about open borders, and I don't want to change all the, deb- the discussion here. But if you just want to learn, from, there are per- we come from them. And so it's just, it's just they've kind of walked the walk that we're walking uh, before we're walking. And, they, and, and even when Pastor Toppin was here, he said, he said, the thing about America, he said, the reason why we so love, because you're our only hope left. He said, America's our hope. I mean, the world is looking at us as the predominant, not just nation, but Christian nation, and saying, if you don't stand, we're done, man. We're finished. I saw maybe a couple hands. If Okay, over here, Tomas and John, and then we're probably going to have to wrap it up. Uh, so uh, you know, what you're talking about, like, judging sin and your own convictions and stuff like that, um, Weeks ago, recently, um, my cousin, she's a, she's a lesbian, she recently got married, and our family, being the only Christian family on my mom's side, um, we, were, we didn't show up. They, they invited our family, we were close to them, but that, that wasn't just the worst part. They came to our house, one of the religious um, aunts that I have, she's actually Mormon, came to our house scolding us, asking why don't we just accept her the way she is? But we have convictions and standards, and we, we told them, and we have to cut that part of the family off. Yeah. It's uh, hard, but, but you have to do it. Your convictions, you can't change who you are because of family. Yeah, amen. I mean, where does that change? I mean, where does that stop when you just start accepting everybody just for who they are? Murderers? Adulterers, you know, and so this is the, the idea. And, and again, we're not just talking, when we're talking about conviction, I'm not, uh, you know, it's easy to see what's right in front of us and the, the LGBT or whatever case may be, but uh, we're also talking about convictions about prayer, things like prayer, things like, like we talked about, reading the word of God, things about, you know, because God says, not necessarily if my people will walk off the job, if there's a gay person, but he says if my people will pray, I'll heal the land. And so God uh, lays some directives out for his people. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm ta- these are some of the convictions that we have to maintain if we're going to talk about core, if we're going to talk about who we are. Um, I think I said John and then... I think that uh, the word of God also has to have give us some, we have to be checked in how we walk, especially about our convictions. And what's sobering is, is that, you know, the love of many will wax cold in the last days. And that got me. And then only a remnant will be saved. You know, there's some things in there you have to look at and then check your heart and say, wait a minute, I, I got to maintain, I got to do what, I got to walk it now, even when I'm under heat, even when I'm under stress, even when I'm under the gun, because it can happen. And that helps me to check myself in case I'm wandering or drifting. 
but that's that's sobering and I think a lot of that has to be in our in what we look at yeah we know it's wrong so why would we even think it to change yeah I think Ryan asked me a very tough question yesterday he said pastor uh, if you Walk in, if you knowingly disobey God, are you going to go to heaven? Now, maybe you, got, you guys are theologically, you know, but that was a hard question. Because what he was saying, I mean, where does the disobedience, I mean, where, I mean we, all, we all have fallen and fallen short. Can you say amen? And I believe God's going to have incredible grace. I really, as I read the word of God, I mean, but at the same time, we're not just talking about, again, sodomy. Sometimes we're just talking about the will of God. The will of God. And when that line of demarcation begins to be drawn, like you said, you read these scriptures and you're like, scarcely the elect. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And so... Uh, I don't think God's trying to scare us, but these are as much the word of God as no fornicator, adulterer, homosexual is going to enter into the kingdom. But he also says no disobedient. You say you love me, but here's my commandments. If you love me, do my will. Right? And these are, these are also, and so I thank God I'm not God. I don't have to draw the line. Amen. Glory to God. We got to go. I'm sorry. I know I saw about five hands, guys. Uh, pick it up next week. God bless you.